Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of the Dead Memory Interviews. I am Rob, and this is presented by Riffing on Horror. Um, tonight with, tonight, bleh, <laughs> um, I have with me a woman that um, has been through a lot. She is the mother of Kinkajus. She opened up a sanctuary for them in, was it 2015? We officially launched in 2018, but I've had some type of animal organization since 2018. So tomato, tomato. <laughs> it's all one and the same. So, um, <laughs> And her name is Alexandra Ash. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing good, actually. I've had a day, as we just said before um, we went live. So I'm trying to get over that. Uh, but at least um, you're good here because you don't have kinkajou and cats and every form of animal that you take care of uh, crawling all over you. So I know that has to be, I know that has to be a, a good thing for you right now. Depends on how you look at it. I do've got, I've got the werewolf over my back shoulder here. So oh, Ripper's sleeping, Ripper, and my God, and too bad Norman Bates isn't here. I mean, I feel like they're like appropriately so for the, the title of this podcast. <laughs> they would be Norman, Norman is uh, quite a guy. He's, he's really? quite cool. I love him. I love him on your TikToks. Um, him and, um, and, uh, uh, trash she's my favorite i i love yes. her she's she's got such an attitude <laughs> she does she's a force of nature she's absolutely a force of nature so i have to ask are people going to know what a king do is um actually i was getting to that um i would like for you to explain what it is that you do Sure. Um, because as you know, as I told you, I found your page on TikTok and mm -hmm. I absolutely fell in love with your story. And I feel even like I told you a couple of times, if we can make a difference in one person's life with this interview, um, I hope we can do that. So, um, I know this has been your savior. This has been your saving grace. And, um, Explain to everybody exactly what it is that you do and what a kinkajou is. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, 100%. So a kinkajou, just to get that out of the way, because everyone always says a kinky what? You know, is it a... Uh, you guys are hearing me instead of seeing me. Um, it is a little rainforest mammal that looks like a monkey bear. They are criminally them look like little teddy bears but looks can be deceiving and they pack a big mouth of teeth and they have some pretty solid claws on them as well um so they live in the treetops of the rainforests of south and central america and they get into the u.s and other parts of the world because of the pet trade so people are drawn in by that adorable appearance and these are wild animals they, you know, no means should be living in 99.9% of, of homes. Very little people are equipped to handle them. And that is where the organization I run comes into play. Our mission is to spread awareness about them, um, but also to help the ones in captivity to have 
the best life possible. Um, where my story comes into play or how we ultimately uh, got synced up, which is amazing because, you know, it's this this blessing in my life where in opening up and sharing my story i get to meet so many incredible people so i am a recovering heroin addict and um you know my story does start you know with animals back in 2015 with my first animal organization that unfortunately i did lose during a very um hollowing and just emotionally leveling um relapse and kinkatopia been my redemption coming back into the animal world rebuilding my reputation creating this animal sanctuary that you know now i mean spreads love to people on a daily basis whether they're in the animal world or not so um yeah kinkatopia is my my redemption and i and i love that for you I absolutely do. And it's kinkatopia.org, by the way, for those that may want to contribute at a donation, um, because you've currently got 16 kinkajou, if I remember, and 14 of them are permanent. You're good. Yeah. Thank you. You're awesome. Yeah. And you're like current. So yes. 100%, 100p, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're a 501c3 as well. So we are fully yes. nonprofit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 100%. And, um, anybody that's listening to this and you and, and people are watching this actually unless you have your unless you have your video turned off which i don't know <laughs> oh, no i can see you you can see me so. then then this is yeah we're good because this is going to go I would, have you, given you, I would have then given a more interesting background but it's fine it's no fine. it's it's fine i do this because i'm not in my office yet my office mm -hmm. still doesn't have like everything done so i just have this stupid ass background behind me because you know i don't think anybody wants to see my bed that i'm setting up against doing the interview one <laughs> <laughs> okay i get it i'm like behind a shower i got like i got my eyebrows done a couple days ago so i look like this like god don't even i look like something that could be in a horror movie with these oh Yes, I was just outside too, loving with um monkeys. So I have some brown grease on me and all like yes, just adds to the effect. Um, but yeah, so it's the the kinky juice really and TikTok and my God, trash can and like it's crazy. I mean, trash can has just taken over. Trash can, like you said earlier, sorry to cut you off. She is a force of nature. She's just I'm like she's a grump but she represents us all <laughs> everyone has a little bit of trash can so trash can is one of our kinkajous she was found in a dumpster uh, our north that's how she's her name yeah that's how she got her name um and she has been with me for three years and sanctuary that she was being rehabbed with was going to give her to a zoo and a zoo like they did not want to deal with her personality she chased them right. out of her enclosure at the time so I um, I got her and it's been totally life-changing and life-changing for her too, but she is just, and even though she's sassy as all hell, like come visit, she is, she's in their arms. Like she's our friendliest, most outgoing kinkajou. Um, and by the videos that you have of her on TikTok, you would never friggin' imagine that she would be the friendliest and most outgoing one. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. She'll like scold me and then we'll turn off the camera and then she'll like come sit on my lap. Like that's the honest 
truth. I'm like, she's a great actress. Um, <laughs> she is, is something, but yeah, so absolutely. Um, now I wanted to, you know, as I asked you, uh, beforehand, you know, I wanted to make sure that you were comfortable talking with things because, um, you know, sometimes when you go through those events, you don't, you don't want to talk about it, but you embrace because you're like, no, bring it the fuck on. Oh yeah. Um, you can ask this me is, anything. This is what I've done. This is where I've been and I own the shit. So I, I want to commend the hell out of you for that because so many, well, it's the truth. So many survivors of, um, you know, addiction don't want to talk about it or they, or they, um, they seize up and, uh, then they, then they go back to what they knew, but you absolutely broke out of that and you mm -hmm. are determined to not fail. And I, I, I know what you've been through because like I said, I have had friends that died from it. Mm. I've been affected mm -hmm. by it myself. Like mm. uh, one of my really good friends had a four-year-old daughter that she left behind because she couldn't stop. So, so that's, it's okay. It's, it, it's an unfortunate side effect of being friends or related to or whatever of people that, that you want to help, but you don't know yeah. how. Yep. You know, sure. um, now I've seen your one TikTok where you literally opened up about everything mm -hmm. and, um, you had the video of the car, the spot you were at yeah. and everything where you hit absolute rock bottom. Mm -hmm. Um, and to see you in, in what, six years, maybe not even take this, that's what I'm saying. Four take this yeah. whole fucking like 180 dude <laughs> that's that's that should everybody should understand like you can do it you 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 have the power to beat this shit but you really got to try and you really have to get away from the scene that you were in um is that something that you did did you break away from like the people that you were with or did mm -hmm. you just like like i mean i know that that's something that should happen but a lot of people mm -hmm. can't so sure. What was your what was your experience like with that trying to actually break away from mm -hmm. those that um, influenced you more to just say fuck it and do it? Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. So my journey is, I mean, it was over. It's been over a decade. You know, kind of getting to to a point where I wanted to get sober. I was in and out of treatment centers and. When I started partying early on and it got out of hand and I started winding up in treatment centers, like, yeah, you have to change the nouns, the people, places, and things, you know, and I, that, but, you know, maybe there was a common factor where, you know, I'd usually wind up back at my parents' house, you know, and then, you know, it wasn't changing things. So, you know, fast forward to 2012, I moved from Pennsylvania to Florida for this big geographical change, went to long-term treatment. So... I was three and a half years sober when I relapsed down here. Um, and that was in that parking spot, that picture that I know. And every time I'm in that area, I go back, I visit that spot. I have pictures, you know, it's just, it brings it back for me, you know, and that's important for me to help others to share my story, to keep it green. Um, but so up until that point, like I was sober and most of the people in my life were sober. Um, 
I started an animal organization at the time that just took on like, it became my obsession. It became like something greater than me. It was my higher power and my ego and just the everything. It took me away from the basics of what I needed to stay sober, you know, took me right. away from meetings, took me away from my sober friends. And I spent a lot more time in the animal community, which can be extremely toxic. It can just be a black hole. And I wasn't surrounding myself. They weren't necessarily people I partied with because when I did relapse um, originally, um, I actually was on vacation in another country and came home for a couple months and didn't do anything. And then just went full blown down the street you know, well, not down the street, but to the next town over, I went out, I got heroin. And the next thing you know, I'm using heroin with, I mean, fentanyl these days for the next four months straight down here in South Florida. Um, But by that point, I used alone. I used alone and no one knew. Um, My family thought I was depressed. My now fiance thought I was depressed, but you know, no one really thought, especially getting into over three years of being sober, that I went back to drugs. So, I mean, 100% it's important to change all the nouns. I guess at that point, it was just a little different. So I wound up in that spot getting arrested and it's not my first arrest. You know, I've always been very lucky where, you know, I'm get through the system or, you know, get things expunged. Like, you know, I just never really had consequences, but this time I landed in the jail cell and I lost everything overnight. I lost that old animal organization, right. lost everything. And the people that were supposed to be my friends, they called the local news channels. They reported me to the state. Like it became such this crazy public spectacle of misinformation, which really just came back to the fact that I am a drug addict. I was using drugs. I was sick. I got arrested. Now, you know, I take responsibility for all of my actions, but at the end of the day, I have a disease. You know, there's a separation there. Like, that's not who I am. So, went back into treatment, spent time getting sober, surrounding myself with good sober people, got all of those toxic people out of my life. It took a really long time. It took a good three years or more before I could even kind of like, whenever we started like striking some attention with Kinkatopia, because I waited till I was a year sober to launch Kinkatopia. And I had to come back slowly because man, I was getting death threats. Like my poor family had to deal with my social media at that time, shutting down, deleting it. Um, you know, it is what it is, but I wouldn't change it for the world at this point because it's completely, we I evolved into what I am today. And I don't even like to say me because it's, it's we, it's who I've grown with. It's, it's, it's the organization. It's what this whole community has become. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it definitely, I, I keep my circle smaller. I'm open, but appropriately so. I mean, I can talk to you till I'm blue in the face and say, I'm a heroin addict and I used to put needles in my arm and scream it from the rooftop. Like, I'm cool with that. But the rest of me, I keep pretty guarded. And, you know, I've got yeah, yeah. And yeah so, um, but I did. I had to weed out those people in my life. Even if I wasn't partying with them, they were toxic and they were out for blood. The second man, I just got that little wound and they're like, Whoo. You know what you say about how you keep yourself guarded? 
when you actually had the video of your fiance up about a month ago, I was taken back by that because you, you go back into your history on TikTok and you might actually only have one other video with him mm -hmm. or something like you keep yourself private as hell. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you've got hundreds of videos up, but like two videos with him and you don't try to show a lot of your house. Mm -hmm. You try to show a lot of the same areas. Like, and, and I don't know if people pick up on that because they're just like, oh, ha, 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 trash can, she's funny, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You show very specific areas and you don't, you don't like invite people into your actual sanctuary. You invite them to where the kinkajous are, where the animals are, and mm -hmm. where you feed them and where you, you know what I mean? But you do, you separate that public and private. And, and I think that's so important. Um, and I commend you for that as well, because a lot of people that do these types of things with TikTok and with all that, they put like their whole self out there. They put mm. family members, they put this, they put that, like, and, and this generation doesn't understand that. Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta have some privacy and you gotta have mm -hmm. some areas that belong to you, especially, especially for somebody that's, 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 I, I don't want to say on the road of mm -hmm. recovery because I don't, I don't feel like you're on the road, but then some people might say you're still on the road of recovery. I don't know oh, if that's always. even out. because, always. because there's, unfortunately there's always a chance and I hate that. I didn't, I never want that. I never ever want that. Um, and I'm proud as hell of you for how you've like mm -hmm. separated and how you've managed to keep everything the way you are. Like that takes a lot of fucking willpower sure. and and that shows like you, again, like I said earlier, you can beat the shit, you can overcome it, but you have to learn uh, the consequences of your actions and you have to learn what to keep private and what to let people see. And mm -hmm. by you deleting all of that from your life and by you realizing this is the, this is the circle that I have to have, I think that was probably the best thing for you because mm -hmm. you pulled yourself out of that community. You pulled yourself out of the bullshit. And, and unfortunately we all saw what Tiger King, how um, <laughs> the animal community can be. <laughs> it's so but, crazy that like, cause people will be like, is that what it's like? And I'm like, well, it's an extreme version, but like it is the most top right. competitive, nasty community. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. And, so and, that's like how I always get, because my dad was a biker. I'm not going to say what he belonged to or anything like that. But when I get asked about it, they're like, dude, was it like sons of anarchy? I'm like, not, no. Like, I mean, again, like you just said, that's an extreme version of it, yeah, but yeah, yeah, there yeah. are elements of it that are absolutely a hundred percent true. Like, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. there's, there's some things that definitely are not embellished. Like, but, um, I don't know if you'd be comfortable talking about this. This isn't something that I asked you beforehand. It's something that I actually just thought of right now. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't want to talk about it, I will, I will quickly move mm -hmm. on to something else. Bring it on. <laughs> I'm can so you, can you, if you're willing to mm -hmm. describe to people what withdrawal is like, because I don't, I don't know if people fully understand Mm -hmm. what that does to a person when they're trying um, sure. because it's, it's a horrific experience. 
And I don't think a lot of people talk about that. Um, if you don't want to talk about it, I'm absolutely fine. We can move on. No, but, I'm totally cool talking about it. Okay. I, you know, I'm I just so want to make sure, you know. No, I appreciate it. And thank you for asking very much. But mm-hmm. really, when I say I'm an open book, like, and I'm very hard to offend, like, I'm excited sharing <laughs> in here because usually, like, the, like, I do, I'm always like, oh, God, got to be so guarded. So, like, it's not silly anymore. But, like, in my uh, personal life, I'm like, get me around my family. Oh. <laughs> what is withdrawal? So, withdrawal, like, I mean, so for me, it was from, from heroin and from opiates. You know, if you're withdrawing okay. from, alcohol or benzos it can be life-threatening it right. can yes um you know and of course i would say across the board no matter what you're withdrawing from you want to do it in the best case scenario under medical observation but, absolutely so for me for opiates um you feel like you've got the flu now i didn't really get sick to my stomach some people do some people can't control their bowels some people can um, you don't want to eat. Um, you do, you feel the flu, but for me, it was more, it's like the mental anguish and your, your body's buzzing, you know, you're uncomfortable. You've got restless legs, but it's like in your whole entire body, you mm-hmm. cannot redirect your mind to anything except obsession, the obsession and compulsion of just wanting to get that fixed to make yourself feel right again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get aches and pains because you've numbed your body for so long. Um, you know, and it goes through different phases too. I mean, withdrawal in the beginning, like sitting in detox, you know, can feel very different than and being on medication to help you withdraw, opposed to when I was in the I was in a jail cell overnight and started to withdraw, and you're like <sighs> my like there's nothing and it's just it's it's debilitating um you know and you can continue to feel symptoms within three months to to even some people up to 18 months of wow going in and out of just not feeling the best someday or maybe your anxiety is out of control usually very high anxiety too um some people have reactions too, like we mentioned the nouns before the people places and things so maybe you drive past a part of town where you used to meet your drug dealer in and you're like your body is just kind of like like hey um so in my sobriety and this is a topic that's not touched on nearly as much as it should be um i've had surgery um and i also like right now i'm dealing with some chronic pain issues so there have been times when you know i've been on painkillers and um you know there's this balance like you mentioned the road to recovery now the bottom line is i could go out and relapse tomorrow and this is kind of straying aside from the topic i was just getting on no no it's fine tomorrow if i'm not maintaining my sobriety if i'm not doing day whether it's you know talking to god and when i say that from a religious aspect, I'm talking to the guy up in the sky that in the morning I say, hey, what's up? Let's have a good day today. Or when I go to bed, I say, hey, thanks. Hey, like, you know, it's chill. It's just like what I talk to. Right. Um, <laughs> I choose to go to meetings. I have sober people in my life. I have a, a sponsor who's been sober much longer than me, and I go to her for guidance. So there's all these tools. I'm a therapist. I go to her every two weeks. So I've all <laughs> like this army that helps me but if i don't do that stuff i'm not going to stay sober right. um, 
so it can happen at any time. And especially as I'm going through life, you know, and whether it's having these health issues or going through surgeries and stuff, you know, it's kind of, it's, I mean, some people think it's like, oh God, you're like dancing with the devil or this or that, but like, you got to check your motives. And if you have your support system set up, you know, I've been able to get through things I never thought I'd be able to get through. Right. Um, but one thing that was interesting that happened was that I was, um, you know, I had been on some medication long enough to kind of feel that itch. And it wasn't, I mean, I'm an addict, but it was like physical dependency because there are people that just are on something long enough and they get dependent on it. And I, I feel that itch. I could feel it. And I'm like, holy crap, there it is just like little claws in the back, little kinky do claws in the back of your neck. <laughs> so, um, but again, you check your motives and you hold yourself accountable or have others hold you accountable. And it's just, you can literally get through anything, anything. And, and I think that's awesome. Um, I would like to bring this conversation back up because we had sunk so low there for a moment. Um, your, your meal preps for, <laughs> for your entire that's, that's herd. That's where we're going. <laughs> that's, that's where I want to go with this shit because how, how many hours a day, like I know your nighttime, your nighttime, your, your 12 o'clock and all that you've done that, but how many hours during the day? do you spend just feeding these animals and prepping for them? Like that's, I, I know it's a few hours at night, but yeah. during, excuse me, during the morning when you wake up, you only get like three, four hours of sleep and you're back at it again every day. So what's, what's a typical day for you? <laughs> well, so like a real alcoholic, um, I always take on far too much. So Kinkatopia is not my job. I have a nine to five. I have like a career where I'm a, an editorial manager for a financial publication company, which is Ooh. my, so people ask me, they're like, oh my God, how did you get your job? Like talking about the animals, how did you get your, job? what's your degree? And I'm like, I have an English major. I'm an English bachelor's degree. What do you mean? Where did I get a degree? So I have a different path that I went into the, the animal industry, but so I work my nine to five, Monday through Friday. So I typically sleep between 4 a.m. and 9 a.m. And get up and I work. And I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm working from home. I'm allowed to continue working from home because Kingatopia has grown. We've doubled our numbers since COVID. Like COVID didn't stunt us at all. Like we were so, so blessed. Um, so I work from home, so I have to clean, I mean, cleaning up after them takes several hours a day and that's literally maintenance cages outside. It's picking up from the night before it's cleaning up in the inside room. Like literally, like I always joke and I'm like, I'm up to my elbows and poop, like basically <laughs> in five or six o'clock. Like that's literally you guys see, it looks so glamorous and I'm sitting with trash can or like outside of them or feeding them. It's like, no, there's so much cleaning. It's crazy. Um, but my food prep, so I'm starting this new thing where I'm trying to like 
prep for a couple days because food prep can take like two hours at night. So yeah. To do it all and package their meals, which has been cool, but then I have to plan like three or four hours aside every couple days to sit and do right. that. So it takes a lot. So King could you primarily eat fruit. Um, ours have picked up a very eclectic diet where people are blessing them with lobster and salmon fillets and smoked salmon and like it's there's dude so is more prep that goes into it with that and i like to do so like you know i'll bake stuff for them and like i enjoy it it's it's not even like you know i run the nonprofit, but there's so many aspects that kind of like enrich things that i enjoy from writing to cooking to you know it's it's holistic you know like i wind up doing everything for it which is amazing but it's exhausting too so i stay very very busy yes yes um and and for those that i mean by now, you're over a million followers on TikTok. So your Crazy. followers know, ex and I, that's my next thing in a second. Like for those that may not be subscribed to her TikTok, which is at Kinkatopia, um, but isn't it the exclamation point or is it just K-I? No, this is that Kinkatopia. That's K-I, right. Because yeah. the, the mother of Kinkatopia has the exclamation point. Okay. So, but for those that aren't subscribed to the TikTok, like, she does a lot of like, you know, fun videos, of course, like earlier today, you had your alligator video, which was cute as hell. And then you ended it with trash can, um, <laughs> the miserable one, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, you know, you've done a few videos where it's like, this is what it's like. And, you know, for you to explain even further, like, damn, that's you, you, you do a lot. You really do. Um, now, the other thing that i was gonna say is your TikTok, over a million followers did mm -hmm. you ever in your wildest dreams think that you would have a following that massive on TikTok? oh god no no <laughs> understand it and then went viral purely by accident um back in september and when that happened i looked at michael my fiance and he said I think this is how we can get followers because we were trying to get followers back on Instagram because my old account right. organization was back when like there was actually an organic, you know, following you gained your followers through hashtags, you know, like right, right. with Instagram and um, I had like 40 42 K I think whenever we deleted the account. So it's been like battle of trying to get exposure and then in that moment in September getting the exposure. And I was like, we have to do this. We have to figure it out real fast, you know? And I threw myself into it, but I never thought a million, like, and now we're almost at 1.2 million, which is yes. like, what? <laughs> but like, but so this is, and this is what I ran in today, just to vent some. So I'm currently blocked from posting for 24 hours, which is a, a first for me, you know, like all love wholesome account. Um, I was re got reported at the beginning of the month for holding a, a caiman, which is a top type of uh, crocodilian for minor safety. So whoever did that, thank you. But I am over 18. So thanks. Um, and then <laughs> I commonly get reported for holding kinkajous by their tail and they have a prehensile tail, which means it acts as if it's another arm. So I read right. today that classic, this is how you catch a kinkajou. 
and now I'm I'm banned for 24 hours. So I'm just like, right. so the more people then, you know, you have the more Karens and you have the more opinions and, you know, I can't keep up with people individually like I used to. So it's like, it's incredible. It's beyond my wildest dreams, like literally, but at the same time, like, you know, there's, there's both sides to it, you know, like it's a lot of, it's, it's work too. Um, but it's, it's just like, how it's crazy. It's crazy. Cause I'll be honest with you. When I messaged you, um, I don't, I, that you were actually the first person that I ever messaged on TikTok to try to get an interview with. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think I was going to hear back from you because Mm -hmm. The second person that I tried to message with, the first question that he asked me was, how big is your reach? Oh, great. And I was like, uh, I was no. like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm growing. I told you in my message, I'm growing. And, mm-hmm. and, and I just want to, you know, talk. I want to get to know people. I want to, you know, create things. And um, he was like, yeah, well, you don't even have a TikTok. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything with you. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, thanks for your time. I still had to remain professional, you know? Um, but, but then I hadn't heard back from you yet. And I was Mm -hmm. like, cool. She's probably going to do the same thing. Brace for impact. And you were like, yo, let's fucking do this. And I was like, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so well, any, yeah. any any anyone anything like we I that's just how it's all transpired too. It's I don't say no to anything except hugs. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That was awful. Hang up on me now. Josh, go ahead, cut the video. Um, no, but I really don't. I really don't. Like, even when people want to help with the organization, like, you know, they might have some kind of, like, someone suggested, like, you should do a newsletter. And I was like, all right. And now, like, I have an international team of people helping me write content for our newsletter, you know? So it's just like, there are so many things. There's no point in saying no. And I get to meet cool people. And you know, like you said, hopefully touch someone's life. If not, you know, like meeting you, you know, it just, there's no point. And we've gotten told no so many times over these past couple of years, especially like with my blacklisted reputation and this and all, it's just like, we don't say no, you know, we don't want to be those people that get some attention. And then like, we're too good to help people that it just, it's not worth it. That's not how it should be. We should all be lifting each other up, you know? So yeah, hundred percent. It just, I check my messages a couple times a week now and it's so, everything gets airy, like, and that too, that's just like, but I do try to go on and look at the behind the scenes messages and weed out stuff. People keep sharing videos with me and I'm just like, please, can you, if you all just stopped, <laughs> then I could really sift through what's going on, but Right. Yeah. No, I was very happy to do this. So, I I totally appreciate it. And you mentioned your newsletter, but you didn't mention the site again at Kinkatopia uh, Kinkatopia.org. <laughs> like, hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was I, I <laughs> hey, look, you're as I said to you earlier, man. You're you're awesome. You know, like mm-hmm. I love everything that you're doing. I love how you're rebounding. I love everything. I love your story. Like it's, it's truly a wonderful thing. And, um, 
I hope to donate to you guys soon because I really want to help out with stuff. Um, I know it's got to be an absolute like, I know you're getting more support than ever, but every little bit helps, you know, because as you said sure. earlier, tomorrow that can all dry up. You know what I mean? Um, oh, so I yeah. want to donate to you guys soon. Um, and I will also be, you know, linking your website. I'll be doing as much as I can to even promote on my side. I know it's not much, but hell. <laughs> Please never, never sell yourself short. And I'm going to do the same on my side too. I have this part on my website, kinktopia.org, um, from <laughs> I call it our street cred. So I list mm -hmm. I mean, every podcast, every YouTube, everything we've ever done with anyone's on there. So we, I'm going to showcase you just as much as well. You know, awesome. that, um, you know, and whenever I do stuff like this too, it goes in like the link in my bio, you know, for a bit too. So it's just, that's what it's all about. So, and yeah, I'm terrible. I don't like to, um, it's like attraction rather than promotion. So I have trouble like promoting myself. Oh, it's a nonprofit. And like, I'm supposed to like advertise that, oh yeah, we need donations. And we do, we need donations, but like, yeah. here I am, you know, it's, right. <laughs> I just want to be a real person. You know, the Kinkajus, they work that magic. They do. Right. You know, so so hopefully in the next couple years, um, Kinkatopia will employ me, which will then allow me <laughs> purchasing land and uh goals to open a nocturnal public sanctuary. So hopefully. Nice. And hopefully that would bring in, in people. Person. Yeah. Right. Right, because I um I do plan on bringing my family to Florida in a few years, like after everything kind of hits a rebound because we just bought a house and nice. Jersey's ridiculous right now. Uh, I know you came mm -hmm. from Pennsylvania, so you know you're you're right in that area. You know that South Jersey is horrible, probably, um, mm -hmm. and that's where we're located. But I do want to bring the family down to Florida and everything. And if I get to like go down there and see a nocturnal Kinkajou sanctuary and go in there, man, oh my God, that'll be some shit. So, it's gone. I, know, I, right? I, the fucking, as they say, hashtag goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would like to finish up and wrap up here. Like um, we just talked about hashtag goals. We just yeah. talked about the, the Kinkajou nocturnal and everything like, what are some things that you personally would like to accomplish in the next couple of years, just for you, not just, not just the, the kink of Jews or kinkatopia or anything like that, but you as a person, what are you um, mm -hmm. aspiring for in the next few years? I guess you would say. Definitely to stay sober. I mean, and not trying to sound cliche. It's just some days it does feel unattainable, you know, and you just push through until the next day, you know, and I've right. been that, you know, I can fail and pick myself back up again, but I don't want to ever have to do that again. I want to continue to, to thrive. Um, and I really think that getting employed, you know, by Kinkatopia, being able to have just modest salary, just like, you know, to be able to survive, yeah. that would change just the trajectory of my day-to-day -day life so much because there are times that it gets it gets exhausting you know and it's hard to maybe i'm i'm that light is a little dimmer than as fierce as it was the day before and i go through little phases where it's just like it's monotonous you know i hate to say it, it doesn't change the relationship i have with my animals but it's like you know i don't want to be cleaning their cages i don't you know there's no there's no days off there are no days 
um, even on my days off, you know, Michael and I joke like, okay, I just want to relax today, but relaxing, <laughs> putting in six hours of work with the animals before you can actually like sit down. So, you know, it's, um, it's something that, I mean, so that, I mean, we're getting married in September. Um, I got spayed, so there's no hey. in my future. Um, so it's just enjoying life and my animals and continuing to enrich what we're growing here. That's, those are the goals. Those are it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, everybody uh, can buy merch. They can yeah. donate. They can do everything through kinkatopia.org. Got Patreon. Got Patreon. Page, you, you got Patreon. You got okay. Facebook. You got uh, YouTube. You got TikTok. You got, um, what is that one? Instagram. You've got them all. You've got Twitter. Awesome. You've got everything. The kinkajus so, are busy. So busy. The kinkajus are busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, everything, you know, I'm the merch that people buy will go back to the kink of Jews, everything, you know, that you do. So it's like, um, I, I don't, sometimes when people are like, Oh, nonprofit, but they're like, Oh, Hey, no, we're going to take the profits from the merchandise. But no, you guys are like, Hey, this is for the kink of Jews. So yeah. do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything literally. Yeah. Um, for the kinks. yeah. So for the kinks, <laughs> <laughs> Don't get banned here. Um, <laughs> God, please. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. Obviously, you've seen that this interview's, you know, completely laid back. And, you know, it's, I, I try to make it as much as just shooting the shit as possible. I like so that very much. I, and I appreciate you taking so much of your time. I know you had to prep and everything beforehand. And I know you okay. had to readjust your whole schedule. Um, you know, you rocked it. You killed it. I wish absolutely nothing but, you know, the biggest and brightest future for you. Um, I, again, adore everything that you're doing. I think it's wonderful. I think your story is wonderful. And you are a fucking survivor. You're a fighter. You're a warrior. And I love you. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. straight oh up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop. You give me way too much credit. Thank you so no, much. No, I don't. No, I don't. It's... No. That shit that you got to hear. Thank you. That shit that you got to hear. Very well. Um, but thank you for all of this very much. Very. And thank you again. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to get a shower in before I feed everyone. This is like super lit. So watch some TV and feed them around midnight, which is perfectly acceptable. Um, and then swing them around by their tails a little bit before I go to bed. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, Alexandra, thank you so much. Get your shower, yeah. get some stink off you so you can get the stink back on again. Um, <laughs> and All you right, have a wonderful you. night. You too. Right. Bye. Bye.